Hi everybody, welcome to 2023. This is Lia and welcome to the My World Podcast. So My World Podcast is brought to you by Premier Credit Zambia and is an interactive podcast where we discuss all things investments, current economic trends, personal and business finances, and to top it all, we host exemplary guests to help you and I navigate high-level discussions and also answer some of your suggested topics. So in studio today, we have someone that doesn't need an introduction. She is an award-winning financial literacy educator, personal finance coach, everything related to money, your fire champion. Her name is Jane Mazimba, and she is as extraordinary as they come. Earn up to 50% per annum in interest when you invest with Premier Credit. Visit www.premiercredit.co.zm to start investing today. Jane, welcome to my work podcast. Ooh, I always <laughs> love it when people do my intros because I'm like, what? What? Is that what? me? Yes. <laughs> it's always exciting to hear your stuff. Like, I feel like we don't give each other, we don't give ourselves enough mm-hmm. of accolades. So it's yeah. nice when... Like other people say it out loud. Thank yeah. you so much. So um, it's super excited to be here. And happy 2023. Happy New Year. Can you <laughs> feel it? I can. You can feel it, I right? Can. Yes. It, it feels like money. It feels like winning. It feels like everything is uh, is about to like just fall into place. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that word, everything's about to fall into place. Like mm-hmm. the things we've been working towards the last five years, four years, whatever. It's like it's coming together. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So... Before we go into our conversation today, um, I'm going to ask you a few questions, mm-hmm. a few icebreaker questions. Please answer as honest as possible. Let's do it. So question number one, what is your favorite investment vehicle? Boring, but government bonds. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. What do you get up to in your spare time? Um, again, boring, but I sleep. <laughs> sleep is a luxury. So yeah. I sleep a lot. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I will go out. Um, you know, once in a while, but my top two is sleep and reading. Okay, sleep and reading. Okay, right next to each other. What is the most played song on your playlist? Right now, or this month, this year, it's been Rush by Ari Star. I like the whole album, but mostly that Rush. And the lyrics say it all. Yes, because I think the whole album is a lot about just taking ownership. And taking accountability for your own life and making the decisions for yourself instead of saying, oh, it's not allowed. Society will say this and this. So I feel like really speaking to me right now. Perfect. Perfect. Name the most impossible thing on your bucket list. Impossible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or the most scary thing on your bucket list. Okay. So maybe not bucket list, but on my dream list. Um, In my rich life, I live on a yacht. Yeah, I live on a yacht. My son lives on a yacht with me. We do virtual school. We sail around the world. And I know like those things are expensive, you know? So yes. it's it's like the big, big, big thing. But wow. I live on a boat and I'm just moving around the world. Those? Those are big things. <laughs> we need to make a lot of money this year. Girl. Week, all the next couple of years for <laughs> us to get you that kind of lifestyle. Mm. Just imagining the stuff size. Uh, on on that board like eight eight okay not so big Hmm. the payroll though (laughs) what would you do if you knew that you couldn't fail 
if I knew that I couldn't fail, I would help everyone in my community to become a millionaire in dollars. And by my community, I mean Africa. We need more African millionaires. Definitely. Yeah. You can't fail. Really. You can't fail. Let's start with 10. Let's start with 10 millionaires in dollars. Yes. What do you get up to in the morning? Typical day is when I wake up in the morning, so my alarm goes off. And the minute the alarm goes off, I get my um, Bible app. Um, also giving me a reminder to read the Bible. So it's the first thing I do. The first 10 minutes of my day is dedicated to feeding my spirit. And then I turn on a podcast and then it's like background music while I get up to my morning routine, get my son ready, drive to work, drive to school. Yeah. In the next few days, you probably have like a new podcast to listen to. Yes. yes. But I've been listening to my work. I can tell you who came on what episode. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for making us number four. The other month we were ranking as number three and the other month we were ranking as number two. So after this one, we're ranking as number one. Yes, Yes. let's get it. 2023 is for big things. When did you last do something for the first time? Mm, I do a lot of firsts. So I think the last thing I did, I'm trying to remember what was the last thing I did like for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Nairobi last week. Okay. And I drove a car in Nairobi for the first time. So that's the first. That's the first. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the first time you were driving into another country? Actually, yes. It's the first time that I am drive I was driving a car in another country. I've done a motorbike and I've done a three wheeler. Oh wow. Into (laughs) another country. In another not into, in another country. So I flew into the city, but then like driving around the city. Nice. It's a different experience. Different feel. People, huh? <laughs> people say no, Lusaka aggressive drivers yes. not over there. Yeah. No, it's Everyone crazy. Everyone is just a glorified bus driver. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the last question: mm-hmm. What is a fact about you that nobody would guess? I don't know. I have to think about this one because I feel like I put a lot of out about my life. But maybe just something that I was um, saying with you guys is. I'm a book collector, so I've been collecting books. My dad and I have been collecting books ever since I can remember, since I was a teen. So by last count, we were like over 3,000 books. We just need to think about what we're going to do that with that. Maybe turn it into a library. I don't know. Yeah. 3,000 But see, this is what I, I keep saying. We've been collecting since I was like 16, yes. 17. So it's been over, I'm going to be 35. So it's been like over, I don't know, 20 years. 11, 2019. I don't know. It's been a long yes, time. It has been quite some yeah, time. It's been a long time. Okay. No, that's very impressive. So we have a bookworm and we'll be getting into that. So you, you just want to hold on. There's something very exciting at the end of this podcast. Yeah. So let's jump right into money. You talk about money all the time. You are a beautiful, brilliant colleague in the industry of financial literacy educating. You've won multiple awards for initiatives, multiple awards for the work that you're doing, tremendous work that you're doing. But if we if we were to narrow it down to a personal level, do you remember what your first investment was? Yeah, um, I'm going to drop names, but my very first investment, I had no idea what I was doing, was actually shares in Standard Chartered. Um, it was on the premise that a friend of mine, um, my best, one of my best friends, she's, she was in law school or she was going to law school and we said we want to mingle with, you know, the upper Mwamba people. So yeah. we devised this plan to buy shares because then we'd be invited to the AGMs. Mm-hmm. We would get to meet people. 
So I remember like she told me she had bought, so I was like, even me, I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. So I went and bought to my standard shares, standard chartered shares. And back then they were very little. Yeah. Um, I think maybe they were my 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 internship salary was 360. And I remember I spent like my Kamahope, even with the Tuma fees, you know, oh, wow. and everything. And I bought the shares. And honestly, I don't even know what happened to them because like right after I went away to school and I never followed that up. But yeah, that was my first investment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very certain if you actually went to Luce or your stockbroker. Do you remember mm. who your stockbroker was at the time? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I'm sure they have they have they, they have your shares somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And any dividends and claimed. Yeah, I think it's just I've just never followed it up, honestly. Um, like you said, I have made other subsequent investments beyond that, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So you are passionate about retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the one thing that stands out when when we talk about Jane Mazimba. Um, you're always talking about, look, you need to get to a place where you retire early. Mm-hmm. What is your personal take on retiring early? Um, so my take on retiring early is to stop working for money. I feel like Africa has a lot of problems. We have a lot of issues that we need to, potholes that we need to fill up and mend and things like that. So if we're consistently just working for a pay, then we are not serving where our hearts should be. So for me, I feel like everybody should very aggressively and very quickly work towards retiring, but don't stop working. Like don't give it up and say, I'm not going to work anymore. Pivot and start working in the thing that, speaks to your heart start working on purpose or start working on passion and why that is important is because if i'm working in in purpose or in passion it won't matter whether i'm paid well or not because my retirement package is taking care of me you know my investments are paying me enough that i can survive at the at the standard that i'm used to so now i'm pivoting so I can work in development, I can work in education, I can do whatever it is that I want because I'm already paid and money is not the driver anymore. So for me, that's what retirement looks like for Africans. Nothing wrong with getting your boat and sailing the world. But yeah, I feel like a lot of us, when you ask people, a lot of us are saying, oh, I hate my job. Or if you if you could do anything in the world, what would you be doing? They would rather be doing something else. So if you're able to retire early, then you're able to go ahead and do that. And also, I was talking to you about following greatness and how greatness leaves clues from all the books that i've been reading and the research i've been doing i found that the more people work in purpose the bigger they actually earn Hmm. because now they're solving real problems and with that comes money comes investment so once you pivot you find that you might even be making more money than you need yes (laughs) so purpose is going to make you some good money yeah yeah and i know financial independence is it's a financial state that we practically not just as africans but every individual should thrive to attain Mm -hmm. but as a person of finance coach i do know that this is very dear to you Mm -hmm. why is it so important that every single person gains financial independence i know it's like the first two letters to your project yeah Yeah. um so i think with financial independence it's it sets the the tone for your early retirement right so again it's about just aggressively saving aggressively investing and making sure that your investments can cover your bills actually the stages i think it's um is it tony robbins who's broken it down into the seven stages of financial independence but from a personal point of view i think it's important to me because i've worked the journey 
I was highly indebted and I had to work my way out of that. And being tied to something like debt is bondage. When like you have so many people you're owing, every time you get a little money, there's all these things that you need to sort out. It's such a terrible feeling. So I feel like if you can attain financial independence, you can breathe. And it opens up for me, like financial independence is also about access, right? It opens doors that you otherwise don't have, especially not to look down on anyone, but especially if you're from a low income part of town or you're poorer, there's certain access that you don't have. There are certain opportunities that you don't even know about because you're in a certain income bracket. So I feel like financial independence is important for us to then start climbing those things. And always, always, always the bigger picture for me is at play here. Once I attend financial independence, what am I doing for my community? Like I've said, it's a lot that we need to fix in this country in this continent. So once you're independent, you can do all these other things. Yeah. Especially for the people around you. That, that's yeah. a very valid point. So most of the times we, we're always thinking financial independence is something that we should do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I do know that's a primary reason to look at it. But then there's so many people that can actually benefit from you being financially free as an individual or being financially independent. That's a very valid point. Yeah. So we have FIRE. Mm-hmm. Yes. This particular acronym is synonymous to Jane Mazimba. You've done a podcast um, about it. FIRE simply stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And there's this research. Personally, I came across it. should have been like two years ago, two and a half years ago, Mm. about how the retirement age has now actually dropped to 35 to about 40 years. Why? Because people are gaining access to financial knowledge at a very tender age, maybe from the time they get their first job. So it's much easier for them to acquire wealth, acquire certain assets that then buys them their financial freedom. So because of this, we've seen that more people are retiring quite Mm. early as compared to the older generation. What physical steps you as Jane Mazimba would you give us that one person can actually undertake to attain their fire? I think we can't run away from the basics, like regardless of what podcast you hear or what TEDx you hear on financial independence, early retirement, the steps are the same, right? You have to set your goals, set your intention. What does financial independence or early retirement look like, right? Are you looking at lean fire? Are you looking at fat fire? Like, what is it? Do you want to be a billionaire? Or are you just looking to meet your current standard of living, right? Or there are even that coasting fire thing that they talk about where you've retired, but you still work small, small jobs to supplement your income. So you have to set your target, first of all, your intention. And in what timeline? Like generally five years is not feasible for early retirement, especially Mm -hmm. if you're starting from scratch. You're looking at a 10 to 15 year time horizon. So where are you now and what do you need to do to get there? So set your goals. You have to do the basics, set your emergency fund. That's important because once you start investing, there will be risk attached to that. So you want to set your emergency fund, make sure it's fully funded. If you can even do a fat emergency fund, so go beyond the six months and do nine to 12 months. That's great, especially if you're planning for retirement. Then start looking at investing your other money. Again, you do not get rich by saving. You get rich by investing because then the money has to start growing and working for you and start earning itself. That's why for somebody like me, who's in a full-time job, you ask me first question, what's my favorite investment asset? I like bonds because there's a lot of security there, but then also there's the coupon that comes um, every six months. So I'm able to take that either divided by monthly 
or reinvested somewhere else and live off those things. So it's important for you to start investing and then think about legacy, right? If um, I'm not here or I've retired, what else am I leaving now? And we're not when we're talking about legacy, we're not even talking about our children anymore. We're talking about our children's children. We're looking at two, three generations down. What am I leaving for them? So then once I've started investing, what does that investment portfolio look like? Can I add assets like real estate? I know there's a debate where people look down on real estate because the income it brings you is usually not as much as the amount of capital you pump into it. But things like real estate is the thing that is almost guaranteed. Once I have left a building, a house, a farm, it's there for my grandchildren unless they sell it, of course, but it's one of those things that you can guarantee to pass down. And I think it's important for legacy. The last thing is teach yourself. The world is changing, right? We've been learning about crypto and that's an important space. I think I know it's not regulated in Zambia and there are a lot of risks, but learn about it. A lot of people are looking at crypto as an investment vehicle, but it's really a payment system. It's how you pay. And I am so convinced that in the next five to 10 years, the way we use mobile money, the way we use ATM cards is how we'll be using cryptocurrencies. So learn about it so you can stay in the know so that if you, there's opportunity to make wealth, to grow in that space, you start then being ahead of the curve. You're not a lagger behind, right? We do know that FIRE is a financial movement defined by you being frugal and also extreme savings and investments. Why? For the primary reason that you want to retire early. I do know you've mentioned that five years is a bit unrealistic and we have to push it maybe to like 10, 15 years. But either way, if um, a 25-year-old listening mm-hmm. to this particular podcast and I want to retire by age 40, which leaves me with 15 years, which is quite feasible. If we were to bring it down mm-hmm. to the average person in our economy as we stand, it's very little to take home. How do I fend for myself and practice being frugal to attain um, fire. Look, when you talk about frugality, you're talking about the wrong person. You're talking to the wrong person. I am not frugal oh by any God. means. You can't not say that out loud. As a personal finance coach, oh my God. No, you can. I believe in, in as much as we are planning for fire yes. and planning for retirement, I also believe in living your rich life now. So you have to be very ruthless and very intentional about mm-hmm. what it is that is important to you and then cutting out the things that are not important. Yes. The problem is we are trying to um, do everything. Oh, my friend likes designer bags. So even me, I'll buy a designer Mm. bag. Is it important for me? Okay. So like for me, I'll tell you now is I've stopped clubbing completely. Won't find me in a club. I don't know. Somebody has to come drag me from my house. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's not for me. I would rather go sit at a restaurant and have good conversation and soft music in the background and eat maybe eat a meal. So you won't find me spending money on clubs. I just will not. But I might budget in uh, uh, two, three times I'll go out to dinner with my friends. So that's when I talk about living my rich life now. Mm -hmm. Um, Other people will be crazy about paying for gym and then never going to the gym. Maybe I would rather take a walk in the morning. So I won't pay for gym, but I will walk. So what is it that's important to you that you need to add into your rich life and then cut out everything? I think the problem, not that there's a problem. If you're frugal, you're frugal. It's fine. The problem with frugality for me personally is once I deprive myself of something that I really, really want or something that feels really important to me, there'll come a time where I'll break and I'll go all out the other way. So small, small doses. I like to eat out. So 
I budget a, a line for eating out every so often so that I don't feel like I'm depriving myself. But at the same time, I practice what we call an anti-budget. So what that is, is once my money comes in, I take care of the big things. I pay the bills, I pay the investments and the savings first. That goes. And then what's left over is how I spend how I want. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm still spend. I'm still saving aggressively. I'm still investing aggressively, but I'm still living a life that I am enjoying in the moment. Stu got his annual bonus and decided to invest it in a side hustle. He took his hard earned cash and started giving out loans to people he knew and thought he could trust on his own. Weeks later, it was time for people to pay Stu back, but nobody paid him back and Stu lost all his money. Steve, Stu's workmate, also got his bonus and also decided to invest it. But he knew from before that he needed help doing so. Steve heard about Premier Credit's peer-to-peer -peer lending platform, how he could invest in pre-qualified loan applications from people that have proven they could pay back with interest. Weeks later, Steve still has his bonus and is now enjoying the interest payouts. You can invest smart like Steve too. So be a Steve and not a Stu. Visit premiercredit.co.zm and start investing today. Investments start from as low as 500 kwacha. Terms and conditions apply. I still want your two cents. Uh -huh. But I do know that we, we have quite a number of people that are out there saying, look, Jane, I want to retire early, mm -hmm. but I earn relatively little money. How do I start preparing for my retirement? I would like to retire in the next 15 years but mm. my paycheck only goes as far as paying my rentals and paying for transport to and from work mm. how do i how do i create a line budget that's going towards my retirement okay so in that case you want to look at um, again the things that are important there are certain um you know this there are certain rules that we have around budgeting your housing shouldn't be more than 25 to 30 percent of your income so if you're paying rent that's too much that's going into 50 percent it means it really leaves you a tight spot to save or invest so you might want to look at changing your living situations. Can you move back home for a couple of years? Can you take a housemaid for a couple of years? Can you downsize to a smaller house and then start saving that way? So you have to also cut out some things in your budget. Remember, these are sacrifices. These are short-term sacrifices that we're making. So you look at your budget and really, really, again, be ruthless. What's important? First of all, what's the need? And then out of the ones, what's important for me and what's not important? And also, what can I postpone? It might be important, but can I postpone it to next year or the next year? So you're saving money that way. But again, I will go back to um, saying, again, frugality can only go so far. So for instance, if I take home 5,000 kwacha, I pay rent, food, transport, I can only save so much. I might be able to save the 500 to 1,000 kwacha maybe if I'm really being tight. The trick to actually getting you on the road to financial independence and then early retirement is also expanding your income. Can you earn more? What are you good at? What do you love doing? What does your community need? And how can you use either what you are good at or what you love to then sort out a need in your community and that people will still pay you? So can I earn more? Can I plat hair? Can I drive my cars and Olendo at the weekend? Can I, you know, what can I do? In Zambia, it's one of those societies where it's kind of odd to have two jobs. But in other countries, especially in the West, but even other African countries, it's picking up now where somebody is a corporate guy, drives an Uber or whatever. 
at the weekends or after work, or maybe they have a barber shop or something like that. So it's really common in other places for people to have two jobs or an extra other source of income. So also as you're being frugal, start thinking about what can I do to earn more? Because the more you earn, the more you can invest. They say your income is your single most important wealth building tool. So the more you can expand that income, the more you can invest, the more you can save, the more you can do other things. So whilst we're still talking about how we can increase our income, I do know we have different classes of investment vehicles on the market. You mentioned that bonds are favorite for you. Are there any specific ones to look out for as you build your portfolio, especially in relation to retiring early? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's the traditional ones, right? The traditional investments, government bonds, treasury bills. Although I feel like treasury bills are a bit too short term for me personally, but depending on what your goals are. You can look at those. There are unit trusts, fixed deposits, things that are available in, within the banking sector. Insurance is definitely very important. I think taking out life insurance policies, especially term life, so that it pays you at a certain date, maybe 15 years from now, is important. Also, with insurance, it's the younger you are, the cheaper it is. Yes. So the more money you can actually insure for. Um, so that's important. But aside from that, like I said, there are new other there are other new things that are coming on in the market, right? For example, Premier Credit. Um, that's a a peer to peer lending yes. platform. So they will take money from us and then they will onward lend it to somebody who might need those funds. I feel like these platforms are things we need to start exploring, start learning about and testing out. So learn about peer to peer lending. Learn about cryptocurrencies. Learn about all these other things that are jumping out from us at the market. I know there's also um, angel investments and things like that, places where you can put money so that it starts earning you an income over time. So just um, it's about learning a lot more. The investment vehicles are there. People say in Zambia, there's nowhere to invest. There is a lot. There's a ton. And yeah. also, I can't end this conversation on vehicles without talking about real estate. It's important. Yes. It is important. It's one of those. I like to think of your own home like a, an extension of your emergency fund. Once you've built your emergency fund, what's the next big, big thing? It's rent, right? So if I can get a house and at least cover myself at the bare minimum, I feel like that's an important legacy um, investment that you can have. So this is our final question. And we can't end this conversation without talking about your recently announced book. You're releasing a book. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Catching Fire. Can you tell us more about it and what inspired you to actually put, you know, your thoughts to paper and, you know, just tell us more about Catching Fire and retiring early. Um, I'm very excited to read it. Yeah, so Catching Fire is weekly money suggestions to get you on the road to financial independence and early retirement. So like I said, um, Fire is a long-term um, thing that we do. It's a long-term goal that we have. Um, I've always been a writer, honestly. Even when I was a kid, I'd write little stories. They wouldn't go anywhere. But I always had it in the back of my mind that I was going to write. One of the things I remember when I came back from school, I think that was 2012, Mount Zion had uh, an event and they brought Cindy Trim into the country, right? And um, I remember at that conference at Government Complex, they were like, write down your dreams. Yes. And I remember I wrote down like author, mm -hmm. da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot that. So when I was moving houses in 2021, I was moving houses I found my old notebooks oh, and I wow. looked at that. And so in the next year, I had put the book 
on my vision board. I was like, I'll start working on a book. So I wrote slowly. It was in response to mostly my um, Instagram, my social media um, engagement. People would say, how? Really, it was a question of how. So when you say buy government bonds, how? Um, Set a goal for yourself, how? We do, we make sweeping statements because we know it. We assume everybody else knows it. So um, I started writing out the house. So if I'm doing this today, how am I doing it? And also trying to put my own journey in sequence. So for me, it's been four years to get here. But I thought about if somebody had given this journey to me and they said in these so many steps, how would it look? So I started putting that in sequence. So the book is structured like a devotional. I'm a Christian. I like devotionals. I'm not one of those who can oh, just open the Bible and start reading. I, I need like a guided study. Yes. So I, I structured it like a devotional. It's got 52 suggestions. So if you use it every week, then it would take you through the whole year. Or otherwise, you can just read the whole thing and pick out what you want. I'm probably uh, one of those people. By the way, <laughs> go read the yes. whole thing. Yes. I, I read books maximum maybe like three, four days. Yeah. I'm not that patient. So yeah. I'll, I'll read it uh-huh. and then take the challenge, the 52-week challenge. I know you'll skip a lot of the some of the stuff. No. I know because you've already to. done the work. I but think I want to learn. Yes. No, yes. no, please feel free. <laughs> so it yeah. like every week it'll give you a suggestion mm. of what you can do. So it's small things that you can do, but that are meant to have a big impact on your bottom line. Um, so which is your financial journey. So there's things like um just getting healthy, um, meal prepping, um, trying exercising, a good sleep routine. But then there's actually tangible things like, okay, bump up your investments by this percentage and things like that. So Um, The first half of the book is mostly about setting the foundation. So I would say it's like more correlated to FI, which is financial independence. Then the second half of the book is about now growing your income and investing a little bit more. So that would be like for your early retirement, but it's definitely foundational and it's simple. It's like bite-sized weekly chunks that you can, that's, yeah. Yeah. And I think you did a tremendous job because I do know a lot of people want to read, but when they look at the bulk of the, uh, of the pages, Mm. instantly, like, look, I'm not going to do this. Hey, 900 pages. (laughs) 900 pages, my (laughs) God. Yeah. Yeah, but... If you, well, personally, I'm looking forward to it. I, I want to read it. I want yeah. to, I kind of want to take a seat in your mind because I think that's what books do. Yeah. They just take you through the author's uh, mind, the journey through the author's mind to tell you more about how they interpret things, a little bit about their life and mm. their experiences and how they interpret everything around them. So let's believe that for every single person that is listening to this will be able to see it from the Jane's perspective. And I'm excited that we actually have authors right back at home that are writing about money, that uh, understand our economic environment so that we can make the right decisions based on our, you know, climate, our money climate. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to tell African stories in whatever form Mm. that you're telling it. So, for me, I talk about wealth and I talk about money because that's my medium. Yes. But you find that it's still an African story. It's a still a Zambian story. Mm. A lot of the books we get from the West. Yes. Even if it's from Africans like, oh, I lived in the UK. I lived in the States. I lived in Australia. But this is like African context. Yeah. And you really get to understand. Yeah. So if you're buying stocks, if you're buying bonds, Jane is interpreting it from a Zambian perspective. Yes. And that for me is something that is brilliant. It's as brilliant as they come. So right before we go, what are your final thoughts around what 
what should we do? I think you get the how mm. question a lot, but let's say in three points. What are your final words to us? Um, my final words is invest in yourself. There's something powerful in the air. I know we talk about no New Year's resolutions, what, 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 but I think there's something powerful going on right now as a collective, as we start this new year. It's this great energy. The frequency has been elevated. We must all tap into that. And how you tap into that is by investing in yourself. So it's doing a lot of work on yourself. What is it that I want? Where am I going? And how do I, what do I need to do to get there? Some of the things might be sacrifices. Some of the things might be learning new things. You asked me about what new thing have I done, yes, learned, yeah. right? So it might be taking on something new, but I feel like do not let this opportunity pass because I feel like I can't remember the last time there was this buzz in the yes, air, yes. right? So invest in yourself, do the work that is needed. They say goals are overrated, but execution is undervalued. So let's execute, even if it's, it's just one goal. Life. Right. Goals are overrated. Execution Excuse is undervalued because a lot of us are a hey, vision board, yes. New Year's resolution. Yes. But then what have you done something about it? I would rather you build a vision board with one goal and just work towards and that flat that, out the yeah. whole year than do 20 goals and then you don't move at all. Yeah. And especially when it comes to money. When it comes to money. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like at the beginning of every year, everyone is trying to get their finances in order. Mm. And when you do this this year and whatnot, but then you are despising the fact that if you need to get to even as little as 10K by the end of the year, you might need to start somewhere. It's 200 kwacha per week, by the way. It's I read about it in the book. You do? <laughs> to get See? to 10K by the end of the year, yeah, it's 52 it's a- weeks, 200 kwacha every week gets you to 10,600. Already. Listen, she's already sharing the nuggets here. So let's buy the book. Let's see what it can do for us. If you're looking at getting to 10K as little as it may be, you don't have 10K right now and you might not have 10K in December. So always look at the possibilities of always making money. And remember the retirement age has reduced to 40 years. If you're a 40 year old, God bless you, but you can still (laughs) retire financially well, even at the age of 55 or 65 or whichever age you choose. But remember financial independence, financial freedom is for everyone. You, you should know that it's a birthright and it's something that every one of us should strive for. I've had Jane Mazimba in studio with me today and look out for her book catching fire you can follow her on her socials and just make sure that all these items are in place and most importantly remember that my world podcast is brought to you by premier credit one of the investment vehicles that are regulated by the securities and exchange commission of zambia brilliant brilliant investment vehicle look it up ask all the right questions once you sign up on the platform you will receive a phone call from one of their members of staff explaining to you how it works so that each one of us can attain that financial independence that jane has been talking to us about and retire early so jane thank you so much for joining me thank you so much for having me this has been fun it has been fun (laughs) yeah it's been a long time coming so this is my world podcast brought to you by your one and only your friend in all things money. My name is Leah Bambewe and we'll be back right here very, very soon. Bye-bye. This has been My Wealth Podcast brought to you by Premier Credit Zambia. You can find them on their website, premiercredit.co.zm. Their Facebook and LinkedIn handles are Premier Credit ZM and also remember to follow My Wealth Podcast on Facebook on the Facebook handle My Wealth Podcast. See you next time.